following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please do not apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Diabetes Podcast, where we discuss how to take control of your health and gain the freedom to live the life that you deserve. I'm Gary Pano, and with me is my co-host, Dr. Grady Donahoe, who is a board-certified chiropractic internist. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of The Die Buddies. But today is the first installment of Bottoms Up. It's where, Boxes Up. Oh, I'm literally thinking about... Well, there <laughs> we go. you are. I'm thinking You're about still alcohol. thinking about Friday. Get that shit out of your mind. <laughs> well, the whole point of Boxes Up, everyone, is uh, for... Created out to be a little more casual as he and I would normally talk to each other and uh, boxes up obviously, obviously a play on words for like bottoms up and chewing the shit and uh, being a little more vulgar, a little more real. And uh, since we're diabetics, we don't drink very often. Uh, we, we have juice boxes. Yeah. Or maybe, maybe not, but besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so what we're talking about today though is wrestling folk style wrestling uh go on yeah i mean grew up on wrestling and and uh love it and i still still stay in, stay in touch with it so um mm-hmm. one of my favorite topics one of my favorite sports so this is this is why this episode will be beneficial because there's a blood sugar management in sports is is hard difficult and unique to each sport mm-hmm. wrestling as a sport is completely unique uh there are other martial arts that what you do now right you know mm-hmm. you do uh jujitsu are you still yeah. doing jujitsu right now is the is your gym open no we're still on hiatus gotcha um but up here in wisconsin i i treat a couple of patients uh that do jujitsu and their their gyms are open but very different you know it's very different protocols mm-hmm. but you know Cutting weight, the idea of cutting weight, being dehydrated, being a high school athlete, or maybe you're a college athlete or junior high. Uh, I think it's very difficult to balance that type of sport at that those age groups and being diabetic. Mm. And that's something that both you and I um, actually share in common. So, yeah, you got, especially at that age, you're, you got all these hormones flying around that makes it mm-hmm. hard anyways. And then you throw something like wrestling that's very extreme in many different ways mm-hmm. and becomes really hard to control your blood sugar. Well, I was actually a late bloomer, so I'm not sure about for me if those hormones <laughs> are flat around or not, <laughs> but so I, I almost want to open up with this in that it's really easy to be a diabetic and try to hack your way through things, yeah. you know? And so what I used to do, which I don't recommend anyone to do, I'm sharing this as, as a failure, <laughs> uh, of myself and, uh, anyone else to maybe catch me doing this, but to cut weight, what I would do, which I wasn't, my parents weren't super big about me cutting weight anyways. They didn't want me cutting a whole lot of weight. Like some wrestlers in high school do. Yep. And so 
but I still eventually, especially my junior senior year, when I kind of thickened out a little bit, I uh, got closer to my weight class. And so to cut weight, I would purposefully almost put myself through diabetic ketoacidosis. All my friends and teammates would be eating cheeseburgers and eating, or I, they would be wanting to eat cheeseburgers and wanting to be eat pizza. And I would say, I can do that. And I would eat the cheeseburgers <laughs> and I would eat the pizza. And then I would just take my pump off and I would just say, see ya insulin. And uh, oh, I, wouldn't, I know looking back, it's like, it's cringeworthy uh, to say out loud, but but if you think about it, it's really the perfect system because it makes your blood sugar high, but it also makes you pee out this whole thing. So it's like, it's just built in to make you lose weight. So it's great. Well, that's what my thought was when I was uh, going through it all. I think I literally could lose nine pounds in a day. Holy cow. Without like the crazy gym bat or, you know, trash bags over me with yeah. layers of sweats and like without the running. misery and all the plus side, because you're eating all these great foods. That's right. Exactly. We got to eat the ice cream and, and then the, I got to gloat that I could eat where everyone else like <laughs> barely had a chicken breast, you know, for lunch. So, um, so I would do stupid and crazy stuff like that. And it would definitely, I didn't realize it would affect me because it was just part of living with diabetes. It was part of, Oh, blood sugar is high. Let me correct it. Oh, blood sugar is low. You know, I wasn't thinking about how the, the flow of my blood sugar affects my overall body affects my performance. Yeah. Uh, which, but it's such a crazy thing to, to do just hearing about it. And it makes me want to rip my eyes out. Yep. Yeah. Cause I mean, as a, as a teenager, as a kid, or as a college athlete, even you're not necessarily focused on like your performance, like you're, you are, but you aren't like you're focused on the end result, but at the same time, you're not necessarily focusing on how you're feeling and how you're functioning. Um, and so when you, when you really start looking at it or you start having other people look at it for you, like with, with my parents, um, you know, they would notice that when I was, my blood sugar was really good, man, I, I wrestled at a pretty high level when my blood sugar was really high. It was like a whole different person. My dad's like, it literally looks like you're out there in cement, like you're in just in slow motion. And cause I mean, I wrestled these guys that literally I had pinned the week before. Mm -hmm. And then this, this week I lost to him. And I'm like, how is this even possible? Like, you know, sometimes that happens because you catch somebody and they really right. are decently good, but you just yeah. caught them. Right. But then it wasn't that way. Like I dominated the whole match, pinned them. And like this, this kid is just not good. And then the next week he comes in and beats me and it's like a close, you know, quote unquote, good match. And so after that match, I'm like, this is like, what happened? Like, I'm so mm -hmm. frustrated. And then my dad would tell me, you know, you just look like you're in slow motion. So then we check my blood sugar and it's like, you know, well above 200. And we're like, oh, so we started noticing that trend. And um, and so getting back to my point, it's like you're not necessarily focused on how you feel. You're focused on the end result. So like in your case, it's like all I care about is making weight so I can wrestle. And mm -hmm. I want to make weight in the most comfortable way, which is being able to eat whatever I want. Right. and still making weight and so you're all your focus is on that and not necessarily on how you're feeling and how you're functioning yeah 
Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, just what am I trying to get to um, and, and just figure out a way to do that. And uh, that's really awesome that your parents had that insight because actually when you told me that story for the first time, I got pissed. I got fucking pissed. And yeah, I'm going to swear on it since it's a little more off the hinges. Uh, <laughs> um, but just because I never thought about it. I never thought about my blood sugar affecting me that way. And I wasn't the best wrestler by any means. Uh, you know, I, I was captain. I was varsity for a couple of years, got lettered and all that. But the thought of now as, you know, the glory days are kicking in and thinking about what could have happened. Oh, just like people like, oh, I could have made it into the league if I you didn't know? sprain that ankle. And <laughs> when I was a junior, junior in high school for football, <laughs> um, so kind of in the same thought process, it was just like, man, how much more could I have done better if I even realized that my blood sugar affects performance? Mm -hmm. And that's just like once when you told me those started telling me some of these stories, I was just like, that, that's that's insane. Like, did you ever have a rival? Did you have a rival that happened with? Yeah, well. Yeah, well, nah, I can't say a rival. Because like no. I said, um, for the most part, you really notice it with like the kids that shouldn't stand a chance, but then they mm -hmm. do. Um, but it, it's happened a couple of times with like people who I wrestled multiple, multiple times. And so like the first time I wrestled them, I'm thinking of one kid specifically. I, you know, pinned him in like the first period. Then the next time we wrestle I like, it's a close match. I still win, but it's a close match. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And then, you know, we wrestle more and more. And then I, I remember specifically this one match that um, it was like the only tournament that my dad had missed because he had gout really bad and literally could not get out of bed. And um, I wrestled this kid, just not a good, not a good wrestler. And he beats me and I'm just so frustrated. I go up and check my blood sugar and it's like 280. Like I, I can still picture, I believe it was 286. I can still picture it in my head because it just burned into me. Um, mm. And I'm like, I mean, not to use, it's hard. It's like, you don't want to use that as, as an excuse, but oh, at the same sure. time, it's like, man, that it has a big effect. It's almost like the reverse. Like how I think about it, like, oh, what could have been? You're yeah. thinking about like, Oh man, like where it, I literally have this unknown potential in my mind of the past. Like, man, I could only go skies like better because if I'm wrestling sluggish all the time, my blood sugar was awful during wrestling. Yeah. And if it was awful all the time, the thought is in my mind, wow, it could have been so much better. Yeah. But for you and like, it's an almost an exciting and frustrating thought. But when you're thinking about it, it's almost literally this frustrating thing of, of, am I making an excuse because I didn't do well because of my athletic performance or did I not do well because of my blood sugar? Yeah. Yeah. There's always going to be that question mark. It's like, especially when you have people notice the, the, the change. So it's like a noticeable enough change um, that happens with the high blood sugar. And so it's like, well, if it's that noticeable, it's like, it has to be a pretty big factor then. And so then it's, it then becomes so, sort of a mind game after the fact being like, okay, was it the fact that I just 
didn't show up today and didn't wrestle well or you sucked. Yeah. Was it because I sucked today mm-hmm. or is it because I, my blood sugar was high and I could have done better if I would have just controlled that and could have been, things could have been a lot different. And then like when I hear you talk about your control, it also makes me think about just like, even within practice, like how much better could you have done because you were able to practice better, um, push yourself harder, all those things, because when your blood sugar is high, you're just not going to perform well, whether it's just because of you, you know, you're in sand or you're moving slow, but at the same time, how hard you're able to push yourself. And, um, yeah, so I, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff to think about. And you thinking about pushing myself in practice back in the day too. This was a reflection of my personality or the character I'd yet to develop at that point in my life. Um, wrestling for many, many reasons helped shaped my character moving forward. Uh, but there were still things at those moments that weren't the best about my character. Yeah. Uh, things like white lying and trying to cut corners and, you know, doing these types of things. And I've never, for most part of my life, I've never tried to use diabetes as an excuse for anything. But there's this one distinct moment when uh, I think it was senior year and I was just getting beat up. I'm sure my blood sugar was like super high and, and the coaches were mad about the whole performance of the room, not doing well and us not getting after it. And after freaking swearing, the guy swears, whatever, we just get up on the line. We start doing sprint drills. Right. And I'm just like, Oh, I just kind of started acting like I'm huffing and puffing more so than just from sprinting and, and I just go check my blood sugar. And I'm pretty sure it's like not that bad. Pretty sure it's like 130 or yeah. something like that. And after like two hours of practice. And for whatever reason, I had a can of Coke for like my low blood sugar. <laughs> and so I'm like, I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to sprint anymore. It's like two hours into this practice. It's like six o'clock, five o'clock at night for a high school student after being at school all day. And I just stand on the side at crack open a can of coke and i start just drinking that thing i try not to smirk as like i'm on the side and my friends are literally sprinting away from me turning around and sprinting towards me <laughs> and one of my best buddies who i was always my wrestling partner or most of the time was he, he's like he knew he <laughs> and i never admitted it until like you know recently that when i talked to him that uh that i totally got out of sprints once by by acting like I had low blood sugar. Yeah. Which I'm not proud of, but at the same time, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I almost even have mixed feelings about doing something like that. Cause diabetes is as hard as it is, yeah. but you know, what, what level do you have personal responsibility just over everything and then trying to get out of things. And then I, I, I mean, push comes to shove. Shouldn't have lied. Yeah. Should have just, got back on and started sprinting because I definitely was not low and I was not dropping low. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think about that a lot because as, as a wrestler myself going through practice, I never used diabetes as an excuse because I knew that would be the first thing somebody would think about when I did so when I tried to get out of something um, that was hard. And so I always was, 
I always only checked it when I legitimately thought there was something wrong with my blood sugar. It wasn't like every time I checked my blood sugar, it wasn't always bad, but sometimes you still have those feelings. You're like, you know, I think I'm getting low. Let's check it. Sure. And for the most part, I always tried to do it like in breaks or in transitions. Uh, but there's times where it's like we're doing live and man, I just can't go another round because I might, might pass out. Um, but yeah, it was always like a, I always had that in the back of my mind of like, every time I went, even though it was legitimate, I'm like, they probably think I'm just being lazy and, and trying to get out of something. And so it never really crossed my mind to do it on purpose because I already felt guilty about going and checking my blood sugar while everybody was still working. And at the same time, it's like, you know, I still wanted to get, be it, be better. And I also wanted to be for the, you know, in my later years, I want to be a team leader. So I didn't want to be constantly going out. Right. Um, I just didn't want to be that guy. Like, I don't want to be that guy that's constantly faking, whether it's faking blood sugar or faking injuries or things like that. I didn't want to be that guy that was, um, copping out. And, and so like, it's been interesting getting into coaching af- after graduating, um, because, Oh, cause you're a wrestling coach. Yeah. Yeah. So after I graduated high school, I went and played football for a year and then um, came back home and started coaching the high school back home. And my, we had a few type ones in and out, ne- never really anyone consistent. Oh yeah. But I, I remember, um, I remember you telling me about this when we were living together and I, I wanted to, I was like, did you connect with them? Like, did you like, like how cool would have been like, I remember you telling me this and I'll let you finish your story in a second. But I remember that because now when I work with diabetics, like I'm so like eager, I got to play cool. Like if I was dating, right, <laughs> got to play cool. But like I so want to be there for other diabetics and be a mentor. And so to think that, oh, man, how cool would have been to have a coach that was a type one diabetic. I remember like pouncing on you like, oh, did you like connect with him? Does he like does he talk to you about this X, Y, Z? And uh, I remember you just you're just like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have mixed feelings about it because it's like on one side, I want to be able to relate to, relate to them, help them through their struggles. Like I legitimately want to do that. Um, but at the same time, I always have that in the back of my head of when I was going through wrestling, like my, like I did what I just said, my intention of not faking any of those lows, but right. I know like it's so common for kids to fake stuff, to get out of things. And so that's almost more on the forefront of my mind versus helping somebody. It's not necessarily that I wouldn't help somebody. It's just like constantly trying to really analyze the situation back. Okay. Is this, is this legitimate or are they just trying to get out of this? And, um, but more so at the same time, most of the type ones that I coached either, I really didn't coach them because like when I was in Missouri coaching, um, we had, I think like one diabetic that I, um, that was on the team, but he was a, a freshman. And so he wasn't even in our room, um, cause they split up the varsity university and then freshmen were in a different room. So I didn't even really get to interact with him at all. And at the same time, uh, I don't think he lasted very long. He, he wasn't, he wasn't the wrestling type. Um, we'll just, we'll just put it that way. But, um, you mean he was soft? very much so 
<laughs> we're supposed to be not PC on this episode. <laughs> yeah, he was very soft. And so <laughs> that's, I mean, that, and that's almost another reason why I didn't really connect with him is because you could just see the fact that, and that's also why it was on the forefront of my mind. I'm like, this kid, you can just tell by his mannerisms, the way he's carrying himself and just like the way he just moves through practice. Um, he's going to be a faker and, and he ended up turning out to be a faker because he would fake injuries all the time. And that stuff just annoys the hell out of me. And I just, it bothers me so much that I just can't stand it. It bursts my beta cells and I can't get over it. Like if somebody does that, I'm like, I can't even look at you. And so, so yeah, that wasn't a good right experience. I haven't had like very many um wrestlers that i've coached that have, i don't think nothing none of them come to mind really that have um have really needed my help or wanted my help or um that have like that's literally the only kid i can think of at this point um there was one other one that was um he was a wrestler but i think by the time i got to coach um I don't think he was wrestling anymore because I say that because he was a, a student at, at my high school and he was decently younger than me. So by the time I came back to coach, he would have still been there, but I don't think he was wrestling anymore. So, um, so I haven't had a lot, gotten a lot of chances to actually coach um, type ones to be on the other end of things. But um, that's all, that's always on the forefront of my mind is like, mm. all right, it's i want to help you but at the same time don't take advantage of me don't take advantage of the other coaches because the other coaches don't really know anything about type 1 diabetes like nobody knows anything about type 1 diabetes unless they have it or they are really close with somebody who does have it and even then you they don't really get a good sense of okay this person is low or they're just trying to take advantage of you they just freak out and say okay they know that this is really important and can be really serious. And so they don't want to even mess with it. And so they're, they're just like, yeah, go ahead and check your blood sugar or whatnot. Right. Um, so, yeah. So it's, it's just an interesting situation. I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't have um, a lot of type one diabetics just because it would, I would have been so in my head about, all right, is this person just faking it or. <laughs> Well, you would have found a flow. Like if you had somehow a wrestling team full of type one diabetics, <laughs> I can't even imagine what that would be like. Everyone with their pumps swinging around. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm sure you would get you, you'd find a, a balance of yeah. um, how to approach the situations. But uh, you know, you saying those things that also makes me almost a different side tangent of of wrestling is even our fellow healthcare practitioners. And those even in the nutrition or functional medicine space or natural healthcare, on top of the typical regular allopathic and typical medical model. And to me, unless you're type one, and this is more me reflecting on my natural healthcare fellow practitioners, um, you don't talk about type one. Yeah. Like when I hear other practitioners talking about beta cell regeneration, or I hear them talking about like, supplements or anything and everything else it's like this is yes those things have a role but if you're not managing your insulin and your carbs and how you're doing anything and everything else 
none of it matters. And, yeah. and unless you're type one, you have no idea of really how to comprehend any of this stuff. And this is part of why this podcast, because, you know, it's unless you're a diabetic, you really don't know what these things feel and feel like and and uh, and act like. Yeah. And, you know, once uh, I started talking to you about wrestling and type one diabetes, I was like, holy cow, like there's just so much different than i thought it was going through by myself but no other person would have been able to coach me through that yeah no no one would have been able to get through to you about it Mm -hmm. because it's just like well you don't know how it feels so and whether it's legitimate advice or not it's like well how much does this person really know what's going on Mm -hmm. because you know they don't they you know they don't know how it feels to be low well, they may know how it feels to be low, but definitely probably not high. Mm-hmm. And and just the struggles of trying to control those lows and highs all the time. Um, and therefore, it's just hard to relate. I remember I had um, an endo in the interim. I, I forgot what I was happening. Maybe because I was, I mean, it's always a weird time when you're a teenager because technically you're still pediatrics. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I was going to a pediatric endocrinologist till I was... It was, I was over 21 years old. What? <laughs> yeah. Why? Oh, just because you didn't want to just get a new one? I'm just, yeah, I'm just stubborn. I, I don't like change. So I just kept oh. going to the same guy and he just Fair kept enough. taking me. So, and then he's like, and then you're sitting there with like dinosaur stool under your, under your feet <laughs> and your endo goes probably something like Grady should probably not be here. Yeah. Literally. <laughs> I think the last time, this is so funny. The last time, the last appointment I think I had with him, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm like surrounded by kid stuff. There's cartoons on the TV. <laughs> I'm sitting in the waiting room and this is when I had my giant beard. I have this giant beard that's like seven inches long. You were a heavyweight long. at the time too, right? Yeah, I was Weren't a big, big guy dude? too. Yeah. Like so it, or something like that? Yeah. So like, yeah, I think at that point I had started losing weight. So I was probably, I mean, like two... 240 26 or 230 big guy anyway so big i had this huge beard Mm -hmm. and i think at that point he's like yeah i think it's probably time you find a uh actual doctor (laughs) you could be how many of these people's fathers (laughs) yeah no kidding oh man but uh, i remember being at the pediatrician endocrinologist and i forgot maybe we were transitioning maybe it was something with healthcare insurance or i don't know why but i had a new endocrinologist she was trying to help me solve my blood sugar issues uh and as a kid part of it what what you said you know no one can relate so like you don't want to listen to advice like man my parents when i was a teenager i was i wasn't a big rebellion in terms of just being a teenager like i listened to my parents like i you know followed curfew all that kind of stuff but when came my diabetes i've I flicked the middle finger and I was like, screw you, uh, hardcore to anyone trying to tell me otherwise. Mm-hmm. And so, so my blood sugar was all over the place all, all the time, not just during wrestling. And, and I remember the endocrinologist was trying to help brainstorm. And it was very clear because wrestling is interesting that you, sh- you really can't wrestle with a pump on. Yeah. And right. And, you know, cause it should be, at practice for anyone who's not a wrestler, which I would imagine majority of people aren't who are listening to listening to this, you know, you have your wrestling singlet and you know, mm-hmm. the, the leotard is some might call it, but that's really, that's really only for the meets and your yeah. actual matches. Uh, but then when you're wrestling, 
uh, in practice, it's, you know, kind of tighter fitting clothing or gym clothing or under armor or, or basketball shorts, but you don't want things flying around. Like, yeah, it's, so you don't want things to grab onto. So most people, like I never wrestled with my pump on obviously. And this is like two hours, uh, two, two and a half, three hours where you don't, or I'm not, I don't have my pump on. And she was just trying so hard. She's like, well, can you bowl us beforehand? And I was like, well, no, I would drop low. Yeah. But, you know, you spike so high because both the time duration without insulin as well as the adrenaline and the cortisol, kind of like how we talk about sometimes with weightlifting and the rebound effect with running that we've talked about before, too. Um, you know, once you start getting that stress response to that exercise, you know, you're going to get higher blood sugar, too. And she just for the life of her couldn't figure out a way to uh, to help me through those times and, and never figure we never at the time figured out a way which i would now tell myself otherwise there's some different strategies but yeah uh i remember that being such a hard part of the practice portion for myself and blood sugar management on top of the all the wrestling other bs stuff that was going on um it was just like i don't know how to do this yeah yeah it's like you can't as much as you want to wear your pump like i i would wear my pump when i was coaching and then like eventually there'd be a kid that need would need a partner or maybe even go live and i mean at that point like i'm a grown man wrestling with kids like i can control the situation as a, pretty, as a coach yeah to frame it again yeah <laughs> and you know i can control the situation well enough to where i'm not gonna land and smash on my pump um but like when you're when you're wrestling when you're the wrestler like you rarely have control like full control over how you're going to land somewhere or what the other person's doing and so your pump can get smashed like that and obviously that's an expensive piece of equipment and and your lifeline so you don't want that to happen um so yeah it becomes a very hard like if you're on the pump it becomes a very hard um kind of conundrum to to go through and i think going through it it's just a learning experience. Again, like we talk about all the time, it's just like collecting the data and then trying to use that data to figure out what would be the best way to make this curve more flat. And like, I think I did that um, over a long period of time, but like back then I was much more reactive than I am now where I, yes. now I think through things a lot more thoroughly. Um, I have a much clear picture on how things are going to affect me and insulin dosing and timing timing of it whereas back in high school is just very reactive like okay i'm high and you know i have like a short-sighted okay this is going to drop me low so um, i might take my pump off a little early or drink something or or whatever it is but i think even then i began to understand some strategies that i could do um because there's a couple things that you notice right away obviously going through practice you're going to drop low for the most part most of the time and so whether you're preemptively doing that because you're starting at that borderline low you're like well i know i'm going to drop so let's just drink one now so i don't have to stop in the middle of practice um and then at the same time realizing that afterwards you're going to start to spike high. And so I think I began to notice some of those things. I don't think it was the perfect um, 
perfect way of handling the situation. Like, I think I was still very much reactive, you know, having no one I know now, I think what I would do is whatever my blood sugar was beforehand, correct um, accordingly. So if it's high, maybe just don't take any insulin and let the practice bring it down. Um, if it's good, then maybe drink a little bit of juice. Uh, but then m- most importantly, like within that practice, if there's a break or a transition that's long enough, you know, just having my pump on the side of the mat because it's just qu- quick and easy run over there. Like the coach is um, demonstrating a move. Well, and it's like halfway or midway through practice. And I know, all right, this is typically when my blood sugar is going to start to rise. Okay. Maybe I'll take a little bit of insulin there um, and, and mess with that. And then, but for sure, this is what I do even at the time after practice, um, take a little bit of insulin because by then your blood sugar is really going to start to increase. And that's kind of what I've done, um, with jujitsu is when I'm done with the class part of it, I'll check it and maybe take a little bit of insulin while we have that break. That way, when I get done with the, you know, the live portion or the sparring portion, Mm. I'm not going to be just like 300 and just dying. Mm. Um, and, but then at the same time, I think for when I started wrestling or when I was doing sports, my doctor, and this was my general practitioner, wasn't necessarily the endocrinologist. Uh, she was really worried about the blood sugars at night after having a practice at night. Um, so she was really worried about me dropping low in the middle of the night when I was sleeping after having a practice at ending at six 30 or six. And which is a legitimate concern, especially when you are first starting that sport, because you go from a state of not wrestling or not moving very much. (laughs) You can't really mimic wrestling. Like that's a pretty intense cardiovascular, um, um, task and both, both muscular and just endurance wise. And so, you know, you're probably going to drop low in the middle of the night on those first couple of nights, unless you compensate with your basal and ultimately you don't don't know how to do that. Yeah. And ultimately you don't know how much to compensate for that. So you're probably going to drop low anyways. Yeah. Um, and so, but having, but knowing that going into it, I think is really important because if you're a parent or you are a high school wrestler, that lives with their parents, then you can say, okay, you know, mom, can you wake me up at 12 so I can check my blood sugar or even just set an alarm for yourself um, and, and check it and see where it's at. Or if you have a CGM, obviously that's really nice. And, and knowing that just going into it is really helpful. Cause then, you know, okay, I'm going to compensate for it and see what this compensation, if it works, if it doesn't work and, and, and adjust based off of that. Um, and because that would happen to me, like, especially early on, I, we have a really hard practice and, you know, I, my blood sugar would be really, really great all the way through after eating supper and everything. And then, you know, I'd crash at night. Um, I can't, I can't recall. I'm sure I had plenty of crashes at night, but I can't recall a whole lot of crashing at night. I, I didn't even have the awareness to think about patterns. Uh, as as a wrestling diabetic teenager like you said I was so reactive but I had I was only reactive that was the only thing I knew was reactivity yeah because I bought into I can eat whatever I want I just need insulin like 
as much as that is true, just, uh, you know, you're going to pay for that. If that's really how you live and move through it. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure. I can eat anything and everything, but if you don't know how to handle it, man, you're going to, you're going to be crashing and burning highs and lows. And, yeah. It's going to be a nightmare. Yeah. And so I can't imagine, I can't remember a lot of lows at night, but that's, that is a legitimate concern. Uh, absolutely. I think, how would you go about if, cause I, I know how I would change things for myself. How would you go? Would it be just testing more? Is that what you're saying? Testing more and finding the patterns better, like how you would now? Is that the biggest thing? Like if you told a younger Grady that was at 16 years old wrestling, what what? How would you better coach him in, in managing their diabetes? Yeah, I think one would be, I think having a CGM would be really helpful. Now, do you, um, does your CGM when you do jujitsu get ripped off? It does. So does my pump site. Okay. Um, not always though. I mean, it, but it happens. It happens fairly regularly, but um, not not so much to where it's like every single time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, I think wearing a CGM as much as you can, just to get any. It doesn't have to be all season long, but to be able to establish a pattern and to be able to establish a habit. Um, that works for you. And so that could be a week time. It could be um, a couple weeks, whatever that is for you, but to be able to establish a routine that works pretty well for you. Ultimately, no practice is the same. No day is the same. And so there's always going to be some weird thing that gets thrown at you. Your blood sugar is higher than normal. It, It doesn't make any sense. And, and that's just the way it is. But at the same time, you can recognize patterns to make it a little bit more consistently. And so I think having that CGM would be really helpful. Back then, they may have had CGMs, but if they did, it was not great technology. No, it wasn't wasn't like how it is now. Yeah. But I think what I would, yeah, I mean, so then, well, let me share my thing and then I'll ask you a follow-up question to that. I think the biggest thing I would do is I would experiment as a as advice to myself or as a future parent, maybe of a son or daughter uh, wrestling, or if I was even an endocrinologist, which, you know, I'm not, and I don't prescribe insulin. Um, but I would experiment with medium lasting insulin. Yeah. And, and I would do like do a six hour insulin and before practice, and I would lower my basal rate on my pump. So it doesn't overlap. And that way it was a steady flow of it into practice. So that way there's always something there because I think the biggest thing too is why I, when I run right now, I try to never just take off my pump because yes, insulin allows glute four translocation and skeletal muscle and cardiac muscle and adipose tissue to, you know, that is, that is what it does, but there's so much more than that. Yeah. It's needed for almost every tissue and it can be signaling and whether it be something like epigenetics or brain tissue, or clearing out debris, and to have no insulin during the time for overall body, uh, overall body function is not good. So when I run, I try to never just take my pump off, but sometimes I do. Uh, So I would try to have some kind of medium acting insulin go into it. But then you compensate with the then you're instead of just fighting the highs and lows, and the reactivity of that, 
you'd almost assume you're probably going to be more low than high in that case. And then you find, then you really, really stress glucose tabs or low ounce, because this is to wrestling in particular, mm-hmm. low weight, low ounce, actual um, physical weight of food um, that increases glucose the most, like a can of Coke is not a good uh, low blood sugar <laughs> treatment for a wrestler because of the, all oh, cause the fluid in it. Right. Yeah. You know, the carbonation, I, that would just be awful. You burping up all that <laughs> stuff while you run sprints. <laughs> I used to eat, I used to eat weird ass stuff ass stuff my my parents had no idea how to be a parent of a wrestler i would have like egg and cheese and ketchup sandwiches after my weigh-ins for like tournaments on saturdays and i would be drinking milk oh my gosh <laughs> and, and i remember one of uh, one of my coaches for a little while he used to call me pancake instead of pano yeah and joe he it didn't catch on to anyone else but uh he'd be like pancake why are you eating milk like, why are you having dairy? That's an awful idea before you wrestle. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, I think if you have some kind of insulin and insulin management strategy where then you're only fighting lows because that way the performance, but the lows are dangerous too. I don't know. I'm, I'm more risk adverse with lows than the chronicity of highs. Yeah. But that's starting to change as, you know, I'm learning more and more about long-term effects about hypoglycemia, but that's besides the, besides the point. Um, so that, that'd be my biggest thing to like tell myself, I'd like try to figure out this. Cause if I were to try to do something like a triathlon where I'm in the water and don't have my pump, I would try to figure that out or like an Ironman or a half iron, you know, something like that. Mm. I feel like that's huge would be an interesting way of going about it. And, and that's, that's what I would look into personally. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a really hard, complex situation because just looking at the practice aspect of things, I think if you're just practicing, I think it'd probably be almost better to just do shots and do long acting insulin and, Mm -hmm. and, and shots because one, you are, I mean, for the most part, most of the wrestlers are going to be cutting weight and so they're not right. eating a ton anyways and so mm-hmm. it's easy just to give a, a shot for your bolus and and be on your way versus um, having the pump and, and not having that insulin during during your workouts and but then at the same time things change totally when you go into competition day like competition day it's just a roller coaster of blood sugars because you have points like when you're warming up in the morning where it's probably going to start dropping, but then you have your first match and your adrenaline's high, it spikes and your blood sugar spikes. And then you wrestle, you burn off a bunch of glucose and you may drop low and then you're waiting forever. And then you have another match. It's just like, you can't handle that with just, you can, but it'd just be really hard. You'd be taking lots of shots if you're handling that with just shots. Um, but then at the same time with the pump, the practice aspect of things is not, is not ideal. So I think ultimately it comes down to what do you prefer and what can you dial in the most? Uh, for some people that's going to be shots for some people that's going to be the pump. Um, and I don't know. 
I think, like I said, if it was just a practice practice side of things, like for me right now, basically that's jujitsu. Like it's just a practice thing. It's not like I'm going to, I did go to one comp, uh, one or two competitions, but, um, besides that, it was just, it, it basically, it's just practice. And so looking at that, it's like, well, it's probably more beneficial just to do shots and do long acting insulin. Um, whereas like if you're going to be doing regular competitions, like every week, like you are as a wrestler, well, now it becomes a little bit harder of a decision. Like, you know, pump gives me a lot of control and that quick control. Um, mm-hmm. whereas shots, it's like, yeah, you have that quick control with your, with your, um, Nova log or human log shots, but at the same time, it's like, how much, how many shots do you really want to give yourself in a day? Right. Hmm. So do you think then for practices, you would go back and you would actually, cause you were saying you didn't want to go and test often, right? Do you, it wasn't that always- necessarily that I wouldn't want to test. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to test often. It would just be like more structured testing. And I think going back, I would also try and put my checker in the room because before I'd put it in the locker room. And so I'd have to run to the locker room where it was like literally across the hall. So it wasn't like it was real far. Oh, okay. um, but at the same time, I would, I would put it in the room so I could just hop over there and check it while the coach is going over something or whatever it is. Just to, just so I could check it more often, because like I said back then, I'm more reactive. So it's like, oh, I'll just go into my locker and check it when I'm low. Sure. My yeah, my when you said that, I, I instantly, of course, didn't think about think what, your years, situation. Yeah. yeah, I was like, why would you do that? That's super dumb. <laughs> it's so far away. What the yeah, my because my wrestling room was at a second floor, and you had to go down the stairs across the hallway and the same kind of thing down another set of stairs to the basement and then you would turn left and then it's like you're in the locker room yeah and it's and it's like in a moldy basement you know great for all the functional <laughs> things you know yeah but so i always i always had like a bag on the side uh, of wherever i wrestled in, and i that's just i brought a bag that's where my wrestling shoes were and just plop, plopped it there um so yeah that makes that makes sense uh but do you have any kind of crazy wrestling and pump malfunction or wrestling and blow blood sugar stories or anything like that um i mean obviously i've had my pump ripped out several times like people literally grab it and rip it out like on purpose i don't know if it's on purpose necessarily but like I don't know if it's just like a, just like a gut reaction. When you feel something on somebody, you just rip it out. <laughs> um, I don't think that happened. Like it got ripped out, but I, that was cause I was like rolling around or I'd sprawl and yeah. my stomach and then just a trauma. And that would always hurt like a motherfucker. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. You land like, right on that plastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so, so go on. I was interrupting any. Um, I had one in my head before, but now I can't remember it. Well, you brainstormed while, well, so that I, it was my freshman year. And I think this is the one and only time I wrestled varsity my freshman year. And it was at a tournament and it was at a quad tournament. And this was in DeKalb, Illinois, the home of the barbs. <laughs> DeKalb, Illinois invented barbed wire. Yeah. Oh. 
And uh, so their mascot was literally a barbed wire, but somehow it translated <laughs> to a turkey. I don't know how that worked. But, <laughs> and my parents just left. I didn't have extra pump supplies. In reality, I only started like moving through life now where I have two extra sites, sets of like insertion sets and reservoirs and insulin on me. Because now that I'm, you know, I don't want to work 20, 30 minutes away and have to drive home in case something happens. Like, yeah. So I didn't have a lot. I don't think I had any extra pump supplies with me. So my parents leave. They're starting to drive. You know, they're probably like 20, 30 minutes away. It's like a middle of a snowstorm. They can't turn back or I don't know what they, they had. But they were slow to get home and then turn around. I can't remember all the details. It's so long ago. But my pump, literally the, the Medtronic tubing snapped somehow. Oh, wow. And it's hard to break that too. Yeah, that just stretches out on me. <laughs> yeah. And that, I remember that being like one of the selling points as a kid, um, you know, at 13 years old, 14 years old, whenever I was on the pump at the first time, like, see, you can take scissors and you can't cut it. Like it just goes on and on. It's <laughs> gotcha. like taffy. Yeah. And so it literally like ripped. And I was like, I don't know what to do. And my head coach, the varsity coach was a AP biology teacher. So he actually knew, like he knew a little bit about metabolism. Yeah. He wasn't a professor of anything, but I mean, he knew some stuff and he, he knew he was like, well, I know if you run, it'll lower your blood sugar. And so I think it was done for wrestling. And so for like, it'll be like an hour and a half, because I guess we had more than two hours left in, in the meet uh, that I wasn't wrestling anymore or something. I was just running in a hallway for an hour. He just made me, he was like, just run. And don't stop. And he made like the seniors, like two seniors, like keep company. And just like, I would just go back and forth. And it didn't even seem like a long time, an hour and a half. Um, but just running in this one hallway for an hour and a half, because literally the tubing broke. Um, <laughs> and I think I ended up, I was like perfect at the end of it. And I was like, oh, I, I guess I don't need insulin anymore. Once my parents got there like an hour and a half later and Gabe came back with a fresh everything and and then we ended up just leaving at the same time as my parents left. So they're like, probably like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> like, why do we drive all this way? His blood sugar was fine. Uh, so that was, but that's just one of the things as an athlete, as a diabetic, especially as a high school athlete or junior high or a college athlete that you run into situations like that you, and you don't really know necessarily what to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's always really tough because I mean, that's, that's why I think for the most part, most type one diabetics are just like in that mindset of always being prepared because you really get screwed over sometimes. And it's like, all right, I better not do that again. Let's try and learn from this and, and get better. Right. So it's just like you learn to just always have a lot of stuff around. So you don't have to deal with that again. Cause like, I'm sure you don't want to have to run forever again. <laughs> just to keep your blood sugar down um and yeah so you just have to adapt adapt and overcome and and we all go through that we all make mistakes and don't pack enough and then or don't even think about it and then all of a sudden something happens something you know gets ripped off or um the cord breaks somehow and and then you and then you got to deal with it mm -hmm. so this is the ego driven part of this episode now. A little maybe a little chance to brag. How good at you were wrestling at were you at wrestling? Tell um, us your stats. 
I don't know. It always makes me depressed because I, I mean, I was decently good. I was decently good, but I could have been way better. Like after graduating and now going back and coaching, like one of, one of the things that still bothers me is that um, like my last year was the last year that my coach was there. So he retired after that. And the new coaching staff that came in had like all these national champion coaches. Like they had division two national championships. Oh wow. And they all came in and wrestled with, with the with the kids and just made everybody better. And that I mean, coming back, it really kind of bummed me out because I'm like, man, if I would have had this, I would have been a lot better. It wasn't necessarily that the coaches that I had were bad. It was more so I didn't feel like I had somebody to push me, like in the practice room, like a partner to push me. Um, like I had all I did was like I, the only one that could really somewhat push me was the um, was the heavyweight, but he was two years younger than me, and he was also like maxed out heavyweight like he had to cut weight to make heavyweight so it's like oh, wow that's a big boy there's only so much i can do of like my actual game on him because just i mean it's just so hard to move him and it's like well 220 pounder yeah they're harder to move but at the same time you still have to be able to move and you still need to be able to do your moves on him so it's like i didn't get a whole lot of practice doing moves that were better for my weight class and so so that's always a frustrating thing for me. It's like thinking back and thinking how much better I could have been if I just would have had somebody there to push me harder than I pushed myself. Right. Um, but having said that, that was pretty darn good. <laughs> no, I mean, um, I went went to I made I finally made varsity my junior year and then uh, made went to state both years last year. I mean, I kind of tanked it at state, like should should have placed pretty high, but uh, ended up losing in the heartbreak round with 10 seconds left. Yeah. So it was kind of crazy. 10 seconds left. I'm down. Wow. I'm like, surprised that, you remember this whole story. All right. Say I'm down. I'm down by like one point or something. So I have to take, I have to take him down. And so I, me as a wrestler in high school, it's different now, but in high school, I never really shot that much. Like I was very, very much a defensive wrestler mm -hmm. and, but I, I could, I could have been, but again, that comes back to practice room, but whatever. Um, so I'm down 10 seconds left. I have to get a takedown. And so I'm like, all right, screw it. Let's take him down. So I shoot in. It was like the easiest thing ever. I shoot in, take him down. Like it's nothing. And mm -hmm. then Instead of covering his ankle or grabbing his ankle, when I came around, I went around his waist and then he just rolled me right. He hooked my arm and just rolled me right through yep. and lost it right there. Bummer. Just a bummer. Like, no. especially in the heartbreak round, like, mm -hmm. and we always had a ton of fans. And so, you know, when I took him down, everybody's just going crazy. And then boom, you, pull rolls me through, and it's just like, oh my gosh! I still haven't, I still haven't rewatched the match. You um, still haven't no. rewatched the match <laughs> for like almost a decade, great. I can't handle it. Okay, every time I go to state wrestling, it just depresses me because I just think about that. <laughs> That's too funny. 
Uh, were you the underdog? Um, I don't think so. Hmm. But he ended up getting 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 third. So if I'm gonna lose to somebody, it's gonna be that guy. And then the next year, I think he won state. But yeah, I still it doesn't make me feel any better. Like I sh- still should have beat him. He shouldn't have placed that year. But and that was the last match you ever wrestled officially. Yep, it is. That's such a. I feel like my coaches didn't stress that enough, but I think that's almost an important lesson to like bring up front to athletes. Like 99% of people, their last game, their last match is a loss. Yeah. Like how awful sounding is that? And then you have to think about that for the rest of your life. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I remember my last uh, my last match. So the, I asked you about if you had a rival. I had a rival. My senior oh, year. yeah. Uh, Giovanni or something like that was his name. I don't know. He wasn't even like against my rival high school, but he was around the area. And I wrestled him until like three or four times in the same year. And he would, it got closer and closer every single time. But in the way it worked in, in Illinois was it went regional sectional state. And you needed third in regionals. You needed fourth in sectionals to get to, you know, third in regionals to get to sectionals, fourth in sectionals to get to state. Uh, and we, I, my classification, I think, was we had the biggest population. I think it was like single A, double A, triple A, if I remember correctly. And so we biggest population, meaning more schools, more talent, harder, harder competition. Triple A was always harder than double A and harder than single A. So I finally wrestle, meet this guy in the third place match. And you need third to to, to go on. And I, this is my third or fourth time wrestling this guy in in the same year. And I'm not sure this is the point, like in my head, like, man, my blood sugar was on point. Maybe it could have been different. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't exciting as like what you were telling me, you know, what your story was like, Oh, you got the takedown. You never do takedowns. Everyone's going hog wild or, (laughs) or corn wild as maybe they would have said in Nebraska. And, uh, and then you went for the waist opposed to the ankle and, you know, you got the reversal, but I, I was not, I was kind of, I wasn't fast, but I wasn't super strong, but I like to slow people down and wrestle like a heavyweight, even though I wasn't, I was wrestling (laughs) senior year. I wrestled 152 and I remember trying to do other shots I'd never have done before. And this guy just was stalling on me like crazy. And I think uh, I was taking so many shots. I think there was, I can't remember how they got to the score, but it was like two to one. And it was like 30 seconds left, third period, two to one. I literally just need anything. And he's like dead tired. He's not caring. He's just defending and just went like slapping his way to victory. And I'm like freaking pissed because I know this is my last match ever. And I am shooting, I'm shooting, and I'm trying so many things. And I am not getting it, I think. And I lost two to one. And I remember that being such a, uh, such a heartbreak. Because before, I think I lost like, I don't know, like four to four to one. And then like something like he blew me out of the water, like seven to two or 10 to two or something like that. Like he got closer every time I wrestled him. But to lose two to one, get fourth in regionals, not make it to sectionals or state, you know. And uh, I remember that being such a, but I had so many parts of my character not developed yet at that point. I had a lot of seeds, but a lot of my 
ability to will things into existence didn't come till I got to college. Yeah. Um, and so, but I remember then that loss, you shake hands, you shake the coach's hand. And I just remember like going and sitting down in between these bleachers. I mean, regional is still going on and just feel like whole and just bawling my eyes out as the last match I ever wrestled. Uh, and I lost to my rival and, uh, man, that was, that was, that was a hard moment for sure. Um, and yeah, so, like that last when it's done and it's done, it's, it's so hard. Like my whole family was there, like extended yeah. family and everybody was there watching. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, they came all this way for me to not even place. Mm-hmm. And then like, so I, I couldn't even go up and face them like afterwards. And I just like stayed down. Cause like it was in the arena. So like I just stayed down below and i uh i'm like like i i didn't i didn't cry when it was over but like i knew once i like saw my dad's face i was just gonna lose it because like for the most part like i always wanted to wrestle to make them proud because they were always there every match and and so like going up and facing them i'm like and man this is tough mm-hmm yeah so so you made it to was that your only time you made it a state or did you make a state time before that too no so that was that was my senior year um uh, but i did make it to state my junior year as well gotcha. um yeah my junior year um making it to state so at districts we just have districts we don't have sectionals or and then mm-hmm. districts or whatever um and so it's a 16-man bracket and you have to place fourth and so in that one, so in the district tournament, I'm in the heartbreak round and I'm wrestling our rival school. And so, I mean, it's just everybody like, cause both of our, our schools are like, not only are we rivals, but we're also real big into wrestling, both of our schools. And so there's a lot of fans from our school and there's a lot of fans from the other school. And so, um, it's real intense and, um, of course, these there's a lot of these matches happening because a lot of both of our teams are pretty good, and so a lot of us match up. And so, um, so anyways, we get to go in, and we get into overtime. And um, again, like I said, I was a def- defensive wrestler, so I um, I don't think I hardly shot at all in the in the overtime round. So then uh, we go into the rideouts and. Um, we ride both, both of us either get away or ride out. No, I think we both got away. And so then, yeah, um, you take turns, right? Yeah, you take turns. And so, um, one person's on bottom, one person's on top and, um, you both get a turn, but if you get out, um, then you get a point, then the other person gets a chance, um, and, and vice versa. So right. if you don't get out and you only get 30 seconds yeah, and, right. and so we both got out, but he barely got out at the end. And so then we go to like the sudden death, sudden death, like the final ride out. Yeah, so it's coin. 30 seconds. If, if he doesn't get away, you win. If, if he gets away, he wins. Right. 
And so I had choice because I had scored first. And so I chose top because I'm like, he barely got away. I think I can hold him. And oh, my man, that was always such a hard decision. I, yeah. I, <laughs> I'm going to just, I, I, I've lost in triple overtime. I don't know how many times I'm making the wrong call. Yeah. Uh, but go on. Yeah. Like, cause my, I was always better on the mat. That's why I was a defensive wrestler on my feet. Cause I was much better on mat, whether it was bottom or top. Um, but I would say I was even better on top than I was on bottom. And so I'm like, let's just do my thing and let's just go, go with the top. And so like, it is like the most intense 30 seconds that I've ever been a part of because like he got, uh, he got to his feet so many times and like my fingers are just like yeah. almost, almost separated. And then I'd lift him and return him or, you right. know, take him down. And um, I remember like the final seconds, like literally my fingers are like yep. about ready to break. And then the, the whistle blows and I ended up winning the match and, and moving on, but it was, yeah. yep. It was super intense. Everybody was so excited. I feel sorry for my parents in that moment because that's gotta be really stressful. <laughs> it's like the most stressful thing when you have no control over the situation. And so you just have to like cheer and scream, scream your head yeah. off. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a pretty cool moment. Nice. Nice. Oh uh, Yeah. I wasn't overall. I was not that good a wrestler. I was, uh, I think my senior year, I barely broke 500 mm -hmm. on my record. So, uh, looking back at, you know, the will that I have now, uh, and to train, you know, it'd be interesting to see what I could do with the type of mindset I have now, if back then, but that's all part of the journey, right? Mm -hmm. you no, know, I don't regret those things, but this is something you and I have never done. The diet buddies have never had a wrestling match. I know. Next and time you come back, we might have to find a mat. Yeah. <laughs> Film it. Is what? <laughs> Film it. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass you in front of oh, okay. in front of people there. <laughs> <laughs> Am I heavier than you right now? I don't know. How much you weigh? Like around 185 to 190. 192. Yeah, no, I'm like, I haven't weighed in a real long time, but I usually sit around 195, 190. Wow. Wow. Well. So we're pretty close. We are. It'll have it'll it'll happen. It'll have to happen. Yeah. <laughs> but uh wow. So there's there's just so many things, you know, looking back at, at the challenges of a of a wrestler. And thing it push comes to shove for me, it was realizing now looking back, how much more I could have performed as an athlete if I had the guidance to take care of my blood sugar, notice patterns, get my blood sugar in control, even if it was only just for the performance, just for the meat match, you know, that's probably the biggest thing uh, for me looking back at all of this. And uh, I hope that if you, whether you wrestle or your sprint track or whatever it is, you know, I hope you, you can turn, turn some lessons in, into some of these things and just do a little bit better. Yep. Yeah. It's like, Again, getting that data, you're not going to be good. You're not going to be perfect. You're definitely not going to be probably very good at it the first time. Um, but you just have to live and learn. And mm -hmm. the only the best way you can do that is getting data, getting as much information as you can, so that way you can make the best decisions that you can. And so, if you're struggling with a certain part of the process, 
with whatever sport it is or whatever you're doing, then get more data on that situation and then use that data to say, okay, I need to do this, or maybe I should do this. And that might help with that. So like it's, it was interesting going and doing that jujitsu tournament after having not done much of any competition, uh, especially like one-on-one competition. It's much, it's much different doing one-on-one competition versus doing like a team sport. Cause like team sport. Yeah. You get a little nervous every for maybe like right before the game or something like that. But for me, like the spike in blood sugar, <laughs> way different than um, mm-hmm. for, for a individual sport versus a team sport. Cause it's just like mm-hmm. all eyes are on you. It's mono e mono, like, especially with wrestling, it's like, who is the better man? And it's like, it's like very much a pride thing to be like, yes, I was dominant over this person. And uh, so like, it was very interesting going back and doing that jujitsu tournament because, you know, knowing what I know now and, and trying to understand those things, it's like, even with the amount of knowledge that I had, I just didn't have that much data because I hadn't done it while I was doing wrestling. And so, man, it was like, a nightmare trying to get my blood sugar under control, but it ended up working out pretty well for me because I didn't understand how jujitsu tournaments work. And so I thought it was like a wrestling tournament where you basically wrestle through all the weight classes, go back and then wrestle your next match or, you know, do your next match. No, in jujitsu, it is you wrestle or you, um, fight, I think is what they, they call it, but you fight, all your ma- all your matches and then they move on to the next bracket so like in our bracket we had three people and so the f- i had the first match with the one kid and then since i won the other two uh uh wrestled or, or fought and so i got a little bit of a break but then i had to go back in right after that and right. wrestle the ne- and go to the next one and so that in and of itself was just super weird to me. Uh, but at the same time, it ended up working out because I'm like, okay, I'm going to be going here pretty soon. And so I was getting nervous already. And so my blood sugar was spiking. And so I saw that it was spiking. It was already high. And I'm like, it's only going to go higher at this point. So I took like a ton of insulin, like more than I probably should have. It was kind of like, this is probably way too much. And I'm going to end up crashing right when I need to actually like go. Five- five plus eight oh yeah five plus for sure it was probably like seven maybe even up to ten i don't know holy cow yeah and because i'm just like because i thought i was gonna be going soon so i'm like i want to drive this suck down fast um and so ended up working out perfectly to where it came down right as i was uh right as i was going out and so my blood sugar was perfect so it's like, it was like a disaster, but at the same time, somehow it worked out really well for me. <laughs> Solid. Solid. Wow. Ah, so collect data, learn, trial and error, and uh, realize that it, it can it can drastically affect your practices, your performance, and it's not something just to, to go with the flow. It's not something, you know, as much as possible. But we're all diabetic. We're all human. It's okay to make mistakes. Yep. So as, as people in my wrestling room would say, there's no such thing as a free lunch. So work fucking hard 
and uh and get after it amen to that mm-hmm. well thanks everyone for listening to a, a little more rough around the edges of the die buddies podcast and the first episode of or or tangent of bottoms up right boxes up boxes up juice boxes son come on i text i texted you bottoms up i was just confirming as you were talking i said bottoms up you didn't correct me yeah. so all right boxes up thank you for listening to the first segment of boxes up everyone and uh we'll catch you next time on <laughs> the Diabetes podcast see ya so much for listening to today's episode if you found value in today's conversation we would appreciate it if you gave a five-star review it really helps us branch out our community and get our message across to those who really need to hear it if you want to interact with us on social media you can follow us on the die buddies podcast on facebook twitter and instagram or if you have any questions comments concerns or moral outrages you can email us at the die buddies podcast at gmail.com thanks